Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Discovering our deeper essence. In this episode, Eckhart reveals why becoming aware of the present moment is synonymous with connecting to the deeper dimension of who we are. He explains how we go beyond the personality to reach our transcendent self. Eckhart describes how we're not just human doings, we are human beings. He says our primary mission is to integrate the two. He believes this is the most important discovery we can make in our lifetime. Welcome, everybody. Before we get to the questions, that's just uh, becoming aware of the present moment. No need to call it a meditation, just more simple than that. Just becoming aware of the present moment. Not only becoming aware of the content of the present moment, the, what I call the content of the present moment is whatever appears in your awareness. You may have perhaps certain emotions or feelings right now. It's possible, perhaps something that's lingering, something that happened earlier today, or who knows, or something that might happen and this has a little bit of residue or whatever it may be, whatever emotion, anxiety or sadness. But again, if that if that's if you sense anything like that, that's fine too. That's also what appears. Or any thoughts that come in, also they appear in your awareness, of course. So the, the present moment is what appears to your sense perception and your inner perception of th thoughts and feelings. But that's not all. But that's already a good step in the right direction to become aware of whatever appears in this moment. Become more aware of your sense perceptions and become aware of your thoughts. Oh, or fully feeling or physical feeling in the body. That's good. But becoming aware of the present moment is deeper than that. You're not only aware of what appears in your field or space of awareness. This is more subtle now. You can also become aware of that space of awareness itself. That is the awareness that makes everything else possible. That's much more subtle. 
to become aware of that, there needs to be at least a moment of stillness. Stillness is inseparable from that. Stillness, not necessarily outer stillness. Inner stillness means a cessation of the stream of thinking, just a little gap. What remains at first seems like nothing or nothing much or nothing, certainly nothing interesting. Thoughts are interesting. Well, it can be very boring too, but even boring thoughts pretend to be interesting. But that space of stillness is not interesting, obviously. So it's something that's overlooked completely for most people. They're looking for the next thing to arise, the next whatever it is, something that's hoped for, something that's feared, whatever it may be. But if you go more deeply into the present moment, you become aware of the essence of the present moment, which is inseparable from the essence of who or what you are beyond the person, the transcendent dimension. It's very simple, just a brief moment of stillness, but not a tired kind of stillness, an alert stillness. So the real meaning of becoming aware of the present moment really is synonymous with becoming aware of yourself beyond the conditioned entity that is called the person, the deeper dimension to who you are. I would say that that is the most important discovery that you can make in your entire life. That is what some spiritual traditions call liberation. Liberation from what? Liberation from the conditioned person, the, the entity, the limited conditioned entity. Other traditions call it awakening or salvation. So to be able to enter the present moment is something that a skill, one could almost say, that grows in you and it becomes easier and easier to step out of the conditioned entity. It doesn't matter for how long in everyday life and sense the underlying presence, awareness, whatever you want to call it. But the thing is that is not an object that you are aware of, although when we put it, when we use language, it sounds as if it were something that you become aware of, but the real, you becoming aware of applies to everything else, because everything else is an object that arises in your field or space of consciousness, sense, perceptions, thoughts, emotions, they're all objects, they come and go, but the awareness itself is not an object that you are aware of because you are it. So you, it becomes aware of itself. You become aware of yourself. And it's only an object subject relationship when you sp speak about it. But when you actually realize it, it's not a subject object because there is a, it's the arising of self-awareness. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. 
Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Now, there's little talk here. The most important part of it is what I'm not saying, which is the gaps between the words. If you pay attention to the gaps between the words, you have to become aware and still. If you're not still or present, you cannot be aware of the gaps between the words. You would immediately fill the gaps between the words with your thoughts. Thoughts that, for example, are trying to figure out what the speaker has just said. Um, uh, or that take you some, somewhere completely different to tomorrow morning or tonight or yesterday or 10 years ago. Or the gaps between words become an uncomfortable place. And there's a feeling of frustration and why is he speaking so slowly? What's he really saying? I don't get it. I'm trying to get it, but I don't get it. Of course you don't get it because you can't get it by thinking about it. Now this is helpful, this little talk. The purpose of it is to become aware of that which is beyond language and beyond thought. And again, the moment you talk about it, it becomes falsified to some extent because I already just said you become aware of it. Not really. It's the arising of awareness as yourself. And there you are now a complete human being. And before you were just a human, unaware of being. <laughs> I believe this Chinese sage Confucius said somewhere that humans are not fully human yet. We are on the way towards becoming fully human. And so one could say, yes, this is what it is, because you're not fully human until you are aware that you're a human being, not just human. It's not enough to be human. It's horrible to be just a human. It's suffering, frustration, fear, regret, and continuously stuff happening that make your life difficult as a human. <laughs> There's no end to it. It's not a personal problem or challenge, then it's a collective problem or challenge. And then, then personal and collective come together. There's no end to it until you become aware of the transcendent dimension. The mind stops for a moment and you become aware of the space of awareness. And the tendency is for this to easily, very easily become obscured again when you are engaged in everyday life. So your mission here is to integrate 
the dimension of being with your everyday life as a person, a human. No matter what you are engaged in in your personal life, whatever it is, no matter how old you are or what your station is in society, or that is your task, is this integration of the transcendent dimension and the conditioned dimension here. There are other words you could use. You could say integrate doing and being. The person is the doer. And even if you sit still and are not active outwardly, you're still continuously thinking as a person. So you're still doing the thinking. <laughs> well, you're not really doing the thinking. The thinking happens to you, but it's a kind of... <laughs> Most people don't think they are the victim of their thoughts, <laughs> but don't even know it. When, there's no, when that level is completely missing, the transcendent dimension, you are at the mercy of whatever thoughts arise in your mind. And you confuse those thoughts with who you are. It's called normal. And you absor absorb thoughts from the collective mind, facilitated these days by our technology. And then certain thoughts become more predominant than others. They take over your mind. That can happen very easily. And then you derive your sense of identity from a bundle of conditioned thoughts that drown out all other thoughts <laughs> or most other thoughts. Some people have obsessive ideas about the world or about themselves or about other people. They're totally in the grip. These are more extreme manifestations of the same dysfunction that is in everybody who has not begun to awaken. So in the more extreme manifestations, which are not all that rare either, you are in the grip of very dysfunctional thoughts that act like a virus in your mind, a mental virus, affects all other thinking, all other thoughts. And then you look at reality through the veil of that and you can't even see what's there anymore because you could look at something that's, it's white, but your thoughts say it's black and you can't even see that it's white or the other way around. Thoughts can be so become so heavy that they make it impossible for you to actually become aware of reality out there. It can it's then deny it. This can also happen collectively, collective mind viruses. And there are periods of time in human history uh, when certain areas on the planet get taken over by a virus infection, not the virus that we're talking about now, but a mental virus, not the physical virus, taken over by a mental virus, and then an entire collective being taken over by a mental virus. In sometimes in small areas on the planet for a certain period of time, it's like a disease, and then it subsides, and then you just have the normal identification with thought again, which is dysfunctional enough, but not quite as extreme as those periods when there is a viral infection of sometimes millions of people 
for example, I mean, everybody's familiar with witch burnings in the Middle Ages. Those when when a totally unbelievably insane. <laughs> say, how is it possible that everybody got almost everybody got in, in, infected by this? Then we have certain other. Sometimes it's could be a religious virus in, in religious terms. It could be a political virus. We've had some big ones that they last a few years. Usually the infection, national socialism, the communism and the extreme far. We're familiar with that. Smaller areas of the planet, Cambodia, for example, under the regime of the Khmer Rouge, Pol Pot, not that many people perhaps are aware of that anymore, not that long ago, the country killed one third of its own population, totally insane, taken over by a political virus, sort of so-called political, that said that we need to kill all those who are the oppressors, which means everybody who can read and write, for example, they are obviously the oppressors of the peasants <laughs> and let's kill them and their children of course so you get very extreme forms periodically but they all go back to the normal in the normal dysfunction so sometimes the normal dysfunction which identification with thought can become extreme the only immunity you have against this virus there is no vaccine by the way for the mental virus you can't you can't inject yourself with something that doesn't work the only immunity is awareness the only immunity is presence so that when thoughts thoughts happen to you there's the ability to be aware of the thoughts that happen to you and instead of being totally in the grip of the thoughts that happen to you that's immunity from mental viruses. And I'm glad you're all here because you have voluntarily come here for the spiritual vaccine against the mental virus. No anti-vaxxers here. And that is the, before we go on to the questions, just a little bit more. It's particularly when a person is confronted with unusual difficulties, problems, adversity, challenges, then it can happen more easily that this person's level of consciousness decreases. You become more unconscious in the face of extreme challenges. So often extreme challenges make you more unconscious. And then that is when the mental virus can much more easily arise because there's not enough consciousness left. So when, in other words, when life gets difficult, whether it's on a personal level or on a collective level, when, it, when life is always difficult, but when it gets particularly difficult in heart, that is at those times, whether it's in your personal life, Things get difficult when you lose your job, you lose your livelihood, your career, breakdown of marriage, relationship, death of a loved one, loss of possessions, 
loss of status in society, whatever it may be, some collapse in your personal life, something more extreme than the usual difficulties of life. Those are times when it's very easy to, to become reactive and lose consciousness. And then you are much more prone to be taken over by a mental virus. And that can also happen collectively when the society is faced with extreme challenges. It is much more likely that a collective mental virus may arise. One example from politics in Germany in the 30s, there was a breakdown, a total economic breakdown. Everybody lost all their money. There was inflation was rampant. To buy a loaf of bread, you needed a pile of money just to put a million marks to buy a loaf of bread. Everybody lost all their savings, everything, unemployment, everything, complete collapse on many levels. And of course, fear arose, enormous fear in people. And then the moment the fear gets intensified, then you're really susceptible to that virus. And then very quickly, a collective viral infection, mental virus infection happened. And the virus infection, the mental virus, um, it lowers consciousness. It makes you, to put it bluntly and in very simple terms, it also makes you more, obviously, it makes you more stupid. Uh, so your level of intelligence goes down too, because you really have to be stupid to do things that, to do those things that these, you do when you're infected. Uh, your ability to think rationally diminishes. So without going into it, I can see some of it happening now because collectively we are faced with the challenge of the, the physical virus and there's a lot of fear rising and the fear lowers your consciousness and then you are you are really can very easily become infected by a collective mental virus which means you can no longer think rationally about these things and then whatever you do is wrong and makes things worse <laughs> Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. So it's terribly important what we've been talking about is the becoming aware of the transcendent dimension within yourself and become liberated from the person. The person continues to operate in this world until the person dies, but 
the person that continues to operate in this world is no longer as dysfunctional as a normal person. It still has its quirks and it has its idiosyncrasies. It still has perhaps certain likes and dislikes and maybe a few weird things are still around, but it's no longer, the person is no longer really an agent of suffering, does not cause suffering to others and does not make itself suffer anymore. So to some extent, the transcendent dimension begins to shine through the person. And that's how it, that's wonderful. It's like the lamp and the lampshade. The person is a lampshade and the awareness is the, the light, the lamp. And the lampshade gradually becomes more and more transparent to the light. It still has its shape and form, but it becomes more transparent to the light and that is your destiny. That's why you're here. Let's look at some questions, if any are left. Um, my question is that um, it's easier for me to stay present when I'm alone with like conscious people like all of you, but it's really hard for me to stay present when I'm with like my friends, like they're always on their phones or check social media, stuff like that makes me really hard for me to be present with them. And I know that, that I cannot change them or just tell them, don't look at your phone. Um, so yeah, I'm just wondering, do you have any suggestions for that? Right, right, yes. It's a, something that gradually you learn to bring that awareness into interactions with other people. In groups, it's initially perhaps very difficult when there's a group of people coming together and you, you're swept along with this, the mind movement within the group, conversations, discussions, and so on. With a single person, inter while you're interacting with a single person, might be easier at first. And uh, the uh, I suggest that uh, you give attention to the person. And that's an interesting thing. Let's say the person is telling you a story, what happened yesterday. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. I saw this guy and he said, and then he said, and then whatever the story is, and you are listening, giving your fullest attention to a person, both, let's say on the, the visual level, you're looking at the person in the auditory, you're listening to what the person has to say and you have an, this open attention. Uh, this is a, could call it a spiritual practice. If you give full attention to a person, yes, not the words that this person is saying, you're aware of what the person is saying, but there's more to attention than that. It's not, not just attention to the words, it's more than that or it's deeper than that. Uh, you give attention, you look and you listen, and you are present while you look and listen, while you are not saying anything, you just look and listen. And then you become aware while you're looking and listening, you become aware of that attention itself in yourself, that which is presence. Uh, so while you're looking and listening, 
you're aware of yourself as the attention. <laughs> um, and people, people love that. They, they like to be looked at and listened to. They like to be given attention. Children, it's particularly very important to give children attention. To, so it requires an alert, an alertness, and there's an openness to it. You're not preparing them that the next thing you are going to say, you're a space. Very good communicators do that intuitively, although they may, in other areas of their life, they may be completely non-present, but there are certain people who are extremely good communicators, uh, and they, they have, without knowing it, the ability to listen, to give attention. Uh, and when then you connect with a person at a deeper level that's beyond the words, because what I call attention here is really presence. And when you give attention, you can even do it start with simple things like meeting a person in an elevator. And perhaps you're saying, some people are uncomfortable with silence, so they might say something. They say, I think it's going to rain today, or hasn't the weather been awful? Oh, or whatever it may be, or your a brief interaction in the street with someone, somebody asks you a question, asking for directions. You go to a store to buy something. Even during those brief interactions, give attention to that person. It might only be for a few seconds while the interaction is happening. You, you look and you listen, and there's no, the mind is clear. In other words, this is, still presence. So as much as you can be the still presence when you're with another person. It doesn't mean that you're, that you're under, unable to speak anymore because when the moment comes, you will say something, words come, you then you participate, perhaps in a somewhat different way, not quite in the same way. Uh, if the, if the, what the other person is saying is very dysfunctional, you would not participate in the in the dysfunctional discourse, whatever the person is saying. The other person is complaining about how awful other some other people are and what they uh, and you know what he did then and then I said and then he said and, and then and so on. All the stories that people have. Instead of being getting totally drawn into that if it's dysfunctional kind of narratives. Um, be there as a space. There was a early 20th century spiritual teacher in the, he would sometimes, when his disciples were in a room talking to each other or having some kind of gathering together, they were standing around talking, discussion. He would sometimes burst into a room and shout, stop! And everybody stopped, the, the, no, no matter how, what, whatever posture they were at, they were at a glass in their hands, or they had to completely become motionless while he was saying that. The purpose behind it is what he called self-remembering, what he wanted people to become aware of themselves in that moment, but not of the person, but of the, the underlying consciousness. Self-remembering is stop, because before he said that stop, everybody was identified with the mind stream, completely identified to, to, to it, it. It's like a raging river, it drags you along, especially if, 
if you're in a group setting and everybody's talking and you are and you are saying what you think and the other person saying what they think you're 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 like a raging river and you're being dragged along stop oh. awareness <laughs> um he would even sometimes encourage people to drink alcohol. <laughs> I don't recommend it. He would encourage people to drink, to become drunk. And then he would say, see how unconscious you are <laughs> to make people aware. Of course, when you drink, you can very quickly, unless you're firmly established in presence, when you drink, you very quickly lose your ordinary level of relative consciousness not that conscious ordinary consciousness not that conscious either but you fall from ordinary consciousness to, to lower consciousness when you when you drink alcohol or certain others whatever other substances and so um, people then lose the little awareness that they had <laughs> after when they drink they lose that completely and then something else takes over so he used that sometimes as a test. He would give drinks to you and see who of his disciples could actually stay present even while the alcohol was infecting their minds. Could they still be present? Uh, this is why it's not recommended for people on these awakening paths. It is not recommended that they indulge in excessive drinking, for example. A glass of wine may be fine, but some people, after one glass of wine, they already lose sufficient consciousness to, for, to remember that 10 minutes before they said, I'm just going to have one glass. And so it leads to more and more. So it's, uh, you have to be careful with that. When you're firmly established in consciousness, it doesn't matter anymore, but obviously you wouldn't want to drink a lot because your normal state of consciousness is so much more pleasant than whatever you could achieve through any kind of drug. So coming back to your question, giving attention, giving attention uh, and become aware of the field of attention that you're giving. And then you can practice even in a group sometimes. You may be able to practice while others are talking. You suddenly become aware of yourself as the awareness that's taking it all in make it into a spiritual practice that um, an interaction with a friend or friends make it into a spiritual practice they you don't have to tell them that because they think you're weird if you tell them that uh, so and don't don't neglect little things very brief interactions with people they're also quite important and sometimes easier that way to to practice that it's wonderful when you can just look at a person and for a moment while that person is saying something, you are not saying anything inside you. There's only still alert presence. That also you begin to sense, I'm reluctant to use a word that just came to mind, but I'll use it anyway. <laughs> you begin to sense some degree of love towards that person when you look in, in, in that way maybe a better term is loving kindness as a, a buddhist term loving kindness you can sense that and so people become much more much more pleasant to to interact with and to meet 
because when you are present, you can sense the presence in the other, even if they are not present. You can sense that which is beyond the person, the person or the personality. You can almost, one could say, you can pierce through the veil of the person or personality, and then you can you connect at a deeper level. And this connection at a deeper level is love, which as I love, I say is the recognition of oneness. That's what love is. The recognition of oneness. So ultimately you, you always love, you love the other as yourself. <laughs> That's the real meaning. Because you recognize ultimately the other is yourself. Because what you, the oneness is the, the, the you're both manifestations of the one consciousness. The one, the light is the same. The lampshades differ. <laughs> there are many, many lampshades, but it's always the same light. <laughs> so instead of reacting to the lampshade, you kind of look beyond the lampshade. You're aware of the lampshade, yes, but you look beyond it and you're, you're actually more aware of the light that's shining through than the lampshade. <laughs> you're aware of both, but you're more aware of the light. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing that changes your interactions with, with humans, uh, because until that happens, really, humans are just so difficult. They're just so troublemakers. And sometimes they, you think they're great, and then the next day they disappoint you and they let you down, and, uh, and then they make your life difficult. So it's it's very important. This is a human human interactions as spiritual practice that is really extremely important. Human interaction as spiritual practice. Yeah, I wish you well in your spiritual practice with humans. Uh, so you bring the the being into the human level. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle. Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.